Welcome to the Morale Booster Network, a platform for entrepreneurs, career professionals, leaders, and the general public to give back to the society through coaching and mentoring. I remain your host, Dr. John Ugulu. I am an author, speaker, and strategist. I always say experience is the best teacher. You can stream or download this podcast from YouTube, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Apple Music, Google Podcast, Player FM, and Pandora. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Hello, everybody. Good afternoon from Atlanta, Georgia. Good morning, good evening from whichever part of the world you are listening to me from. Um, today, I have with me a guest who I have been following as a, a, a as an online mentor for some time. And um, this man has a wealth of wisdom and knowledge. So today we are having with us Rabbi Daniel Lapin. Um, rabbi Daniel, known widely as America's rabbi, is a noted rabbinic scholar, best-selling author, and TV host. He's um, the president of the American Alliance of Jews and Christians. He's an author of America's Real War, Thou Shall Prosper, and other bestsellers. He's also a frequent guest on Fox News, Wall Builders, Wall Builders Radio, and Glenn Beck TV. He hosts his own popular radio and podcast program with audiences worldwide. Pairing his inheritance as a descendant of a multi-generational rabbinical family with his background in science and business, he teaches ancient Jewish wisdom in unparalleled manner. Ladies and gentlemen, I want you to join me as I welcome to this platform no other person but a man with the wisdom that we all need. No other person but Rabbi Daniel. Rabbi, thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule to join us on this program. Dr. John, it's something I've been looking forward uh, since I became aware of you a little while ago and learned a little bit of your wonderful work. And uh, I, uh, I I really thought that there could be value for, for, for me as well in having an opportunity to get to know you and to become friends. And uh, I'm so grateful that this actually is, has come to pass. I appreciate you taking the initiative to make it happen. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Thank you so much. Now, you being on this program is a blessing, not just to me, to my children. They're actually, you know, behind the scenes listening and to my audience out there. Because, you know, we understand one thing about the Jews in general, they're successful when it comes to business, when it comes to moving together as a family, you know, in all areas that people actually struggle with. And I know that with your wealth of knowledge, myself, my family, my audience would be able to grow from where we are to where we actually want to be, especially with words of wisdom from someone like you. So thank you once again, sir for joining me on this program. And really the only um, correction I, I want to make with your permission 
is you you kindly alluded to as my wisdom and i only i only wish that were true dr john but um i'll be honest and tell you that uh it's actually his wisdom um and uh as uh, you mentioned earlier that i am uh, the son of a rabbi and uh, a descendant of a rabbinic line and i made it my work to try and find the secret behind jewish financial success wow. why is it that people of israel are disproportionately successful with money and uh, once i realized that it was not a uh, a simple explanation such as uh, uh, you know jews are smart because smartness doesn't have anything to do with making money right uh, and i i realized it wasn't what many people said which jews are dishonest and so they are not handicapped by morality i don't believe that that's true for jews more than for anybody else and uh, when i eventually discovered that the secret lay in a book that has been studied loved and revered by dozens and dozens of generations of jews father to son teacher to student one after the other and uh, i then saw how much of what you and i and all our friends and all our students and all our disciples need in order to succeed financially um is found in ancient jewish wisdom and i will just say this it's not a case of just pulling proverbs and slogans from the bible because you can you can find a verse here and there that'll say pretty much whatever you wanted to say right and right. Um, and you know it's just like in english uh if if uh, if a soldier is going off to deployment and he's very sad to leave his girlfriend behind um you know a friend might console him and say you know listen buddy uh, absence makes the heart grow fonder and right. so uh, you don't have to worry and then a few minutes later another guy comes up to him puts his arm around his shoulder and smirks and says but don't forget out of sight out of mind out of mind <laughs> and so you know you can find you can find slogans to say whatever you want to say but embedded in the hebrew text of the scripture um is vast quantities of ancient jewish wisdom that pertains directly to um, five main areas of life of which finance is one right right so thank you so much for sharing that you know um luckily for myself my audience those who are listening to us today we will be talking about keys to building lasting wealth and um having been following you for a while i noticed that you have been able to share some key principles that everyone everyone who's willing to learn and listen when used can actually accomplish that goal of building lasting wealth so here goes my um question to you i have a lot of uh, we're, we're streaming on multiple platforms you know over 25 platforms at the moment as we speak and i know 
you know, from time to time, these platforms would help us broadcast and it would get to so many places. So um, what are the keys? What are the keys to building lasting wealth based off of the knowledge, the experience you have acquired over time? Dr. John, um, from time to time uh, on various television shows, people have said to me, so what is the secret for a successful marriage? And I make myself look very serious and very dignified. And I say, so let me understand, you're asking me for the secret of successful marriage. And I, yes, yes, you got it, exactly. And I pause for a few seconds and I say, well, here is the secret for a successful marriage. The secret is that there is no one secret. Wow. <laughs> there are many secrets and how to deploy them and how each strategy is used depends on the circumstances, it depends on the nature of the people, it depends on the current condition of the marriage. And I have to say exactly the same thing when it comes to making money. Right. Uh, there is no one answer that is suitable to everybody. Now, you absolutely correctly didn't ask for the secret or the answer. You asked for the principles. Yes. And so um, my wife and I produced a book called the um, uh, called uh, Thou Shall Prosper, the, yes. ten, the, the Ten Commandments for Making Money. Thou Shall Prosper, the Ten Commandments for Making Money. Yeah. And that book, that book took uh, uh, a long time to write, mainly because I, I decided that I needed to condense uh, what were dozens and dozens and dozens of tips and tools and techniques into a usable number. And I decided on 10, and I thought it would correspond to the 10 commandments, and that would be nice from a publishing perspective. Right. But... Um, and so that was the best I could do, was reduce the critical principles down to the number of 10. Wow. But I couldn't possibly say which of the 10 is the most important, because that depends on who I'm talking to. Absolutely. Yes. Everyone is in a different stage of life. Everyone has different talents. God has bestowed different abilities and challenges on each and every individual. And so um, when I do coaching, uh, the reason I sit down one-on-one -on -one with a client is because I have to understand exactly where they're at. Right. But that having been said, I can certainly identify one of them, for instance, but at, in no particular uh, order. I'm not taking the most important, but this is one that I think impacts most people. And that is that um, the principle is that nobody can excel at anything that deep in their heart they consider to be morally reprehensible. Mm. And so if, if somebody believes that making money is the equivalent of taking money, that making money brings you benefits 
but brings harm and disadvantage to everybody else, your handicap is immeasurable. Right. Your chances of financial success are close to zero. Mm. Because, unless you are a completely amoral person. But for any decent person, the idea that by making money, I'm going to be taking money away from other people is so destructive and so damaging and so dishonest and so untrue that uh, it turns into a fatal obstacle for getting ahead. It's not and sustainable. So, and so, uh, you know, I like pointing out that uh, uh, in May 1954, a human being ran a mile in under four minutes for the first time ever. And since that time, hundreds of athletes have done it. Hundreds. Right. Why didn't, why didn't any people do it before Roger Bannister did it in 1954? It's very simple. They did not believe it was possible. Right. Mindset. It's mindset. And yes. when people believe that making money reflects negative characteristics, that making money means you are at heart a, guilt, a, 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 a greedy person. And when making money, you believe, means stepping on the fingers of widows and orphans in your climb to the top, mm. believing those things um, impose an absolutely fatal handicap on any decent person. Right. And so... Uh, that particular principle that I spend dozens and dozens of pages on in the book, Thou Shall Prosper, um, I am explaining how it is. First of all, how did people get this bad idea? Why is it that in almost every movie or primetime television show, mm -hmm. the person who's the biggest criminal is a business professional? <laughs> Yes. <laughs> Which is not how it is in real life. <laughs> so um, I explained that. And, uh, and then I uh, teach. And I also do, I have an online program called the Prosperity, the Financial Prosperity Collection. And I, I spend quite a lot of effort on helping people overcome this. Because in your heart, you may well have a belief that in your head you've managed to expunge. But right. as long as it still resides in your heart, it's a problem. One of the ways I can tell people have been infected by this virus that mm. making money is evil is uh, when people are, they experience emotional difficulty in naming their price to a customer. Right. Well, that's because they believe not that they're doing a great kindness to the customer, but they're taking away his money. Absolutely. <laughs> you, 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 talked about, you talked about having a mindset of making money and doing it the right way. So basically, um, if I got you correctly, you are encouraging, because I have a lot of um, young people who are just now wanting to get into entrepreneurship, into business. So basically, what I got from you is that they should focus on rendering services rather than thinking of how to just collect the money and, you know, step on toes, you know, wanting to pay the bills by all means, but instead yes. be more valuable to people. Yes. Is that, is that what you say? 
Um, you you put your finger on it exactly right. Uh, see, uh, I have a belief, and this this doesn't impact anybody else. People can have their own beliefs. It doesn't matter. Uh, the important thing is the strategy. Right. But my belief is that uh, the good Lord wants us to be connected with one another mm. and that he gave us uh, two very delightful ways to connect with people, yes. sexually and financially. Yes. And in, in that way, when God said at the beginning of Genesis, it's not good for man to be alone, mm -hmm. that is for real. It really is not good. And one of the ways of not being alone is to start making money. money right. if some, and it's my advice. Sometimes people say, I'm so depressed. I'm sitting around at home and I just can't get enough energy to get up and do anything. Just go get a job. Just do it. Just get a job. Hmm. Well, what's a job going to do? It's going to make you money. What's that going to do? It's going to make you feel better. You'll stop feeling depressed. Wow. And it's impossible to get a job without interacting with other people. Mm. And you'll be very happy when you, when you deposit your first paycheck, you will feel a joy surge through your soul. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So, so yes, uh, be a giver before you are a taker. Absolutely. Find ways, find ways to do things for other people. The money will come after that. Awesome. Thank you so much for sharing that. Thank you. Thank you so much. Now, there are so many entrepreneurs or rather aspiring to be entrepreneurs, people who want to um, transition from employment to entrepreneurship. And sometimes they tend to tell themselves that it is not possible, but deep down in them, they get frustrated with their jobs and they think that starting a business is the next step. And some of them think they need to quit their job right away before starting the business. Could you please share with us that young man, that young woman, that man or woman who's thinking of making that transition? What principles do you think that person needs to you know, imbibe or follow to help them make that transition from employment to entrepreneurship an easy one? Uh, yes, of course. Uh, number one, um, you do not quit your job until you've already got the basis of a business going. Um, there's no business that, in my view, you cannot at least start part-time. I agree that there comes a point at which you have to jump in and swim or get out of the water. Right. But initially, all the testing, all the market evaluation, all of that can be done while you are still employed. Right. And so uh, unless you have a very substantial reserve of expendable capital, uh, you should absolutely keep your job first. Right, right, right. Um, now, if, if on the other hand, uh, you have, um, if you have uh, all kinds of um, uh, capital raised, or you've got large reserves of capital and uh, you, you, you have enough time at your predicted burn rate to, to get something up and running, that might be different. But for most people, dreaming of an entrepreneurial life 
it can't work that way. You have right. to go, you have to do that first. Um, so that's number one, I would say, do not be in a hurry to give up your revenue stream before your business is at least uh, started, number one. Number two, do not select a business on the basis of what you like doing. Mm, okay. The fact that you like baking cupcakes doesn't tell me in the least that that's a good business for you to start. Okay. Because business is fundamentally learning how to be not selfish. It depends on overcoming the ego. Yeah. And so uh, to give you an example, if, if somebody wants a job, in your business or in my business. And in the interview, they start telling us all about their ambitions and what they hope to have and how they'd one day like to start up a band. Yeah. And at some point, we're going to interrupt them and say, you know, in the university over in the next city, they have a microscope. And that microscope is so powerful that it can even look inside molecules. Right. Well, even that microscope is not powerful enough to detect how little interest I have in your goals and aspirations. Uh -huh. I'm only interested to know how you can help me. Otherwise, I'm not hiring you. Yeah. And so you, what you were doing in your interview, you were exhibiting your selfishness. You were talking about all your desires. That's not how my business works. We focus on satisfying our customers' desires. And if you are interviewing for a job, then you need to demonstrate not selfishness, but the opposite. You need to demonstrate how you're caring about my desires. Yes. And so similarly, the fact that you like making cupcakes doesn't mean that the best business for you is opening a bakery. The <laughs> fact that the fact that you might like uh, fishing doesn't right. mean you could go into the fish business. Right. Uh, all of this, it's got to be researched completely unemotionally and dispassionately. You need to look around and see in the in terms of the uh, customer base you have access to, either geographically or digitally, mm -hmm. what do they need that you can supply? That's the only question. Wow. Look for a need. Look for You've a got, need. Look for a need. Do, do not tell me what you like doing. I couldn't care less. <laughs> wow 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 that's awesome thank you so much you just hit the nail you said don't give up your job i know someone is watching right now and for those of you who are listening to us right now those who are listening via podcast those who are watching via youtube facebook linkedin please like and share this broadcast because you might just be saving the life of that one person who has been waiting for a lifetime to hear this message he said do not give up your job he said do not do business based off of what you think you like but instead look for a need and fulfill provide a service or product that would fulfill that need thank you so much now a lot of people talk about i hear people talk about uh, creating generational wealth creating generational wealth now do people actually do what is necessary to actually let that wealth flow through the generation? So my question to you, sir, is how do you and other Jews keep the wealth in the family? 
I know there's a secret to that because I know so many people who are doing business and at the end of the day, their children, you know, might not even be interested in that business or, but I know that there is a strategy, there is a secret. Can you please, do you have an idea on how to keep it within the family? Oh, very much so. Yes. And, and it's, it's a very important question you ask. Well, uh, in order to have generational wealth, you first of all have to have generations. Yes. And um, one of the problems I experience nowadays is I find that many people do not understand what I call the cross-link between family and finance. And so many of the people that I speak with are looking to increase their finances, to enhance their revenue, and very often to create a business. But at the same time, they tell me that they are not interested in marriage, they're not interested in having children. And, um, and I, I say to them, look, you know, um, a, a number of years back, I had the good fortune uh, to have lunch with a very famous actor who was celebrating his 100th birthday. His name was George Burns. And Andre. during the time we were together, he smoked two cigars. Mm. And we were only together for an hour or two. And um, at, at the end of it, we were talking. I was getting ready to leave. And um, I said, Mr. Burns, have you um, decided that the secret to long life is to smoke cigars? <laughs> and he had such contempt for my question, you know, as he was right to do. He said, don't be an idiot. The fact the fact that it's worked for me doesn't mean it's going to work for other people. Absolutely. Everybody, everybody need, knows that smoking is dangerous. Mm -hmm. And for me, it hasn't been a problem, but that doesn't mean it's that way for everybody, you know? Right. Right. And so, uh, uh as it turns out, he died just a few months later, but wow. he certainly well, lived for a long time. Hundred, so yeah. Yeah. He was over a hundred. So he yeah. did do okay. But the point is that just because, there are some uh, people, particularly young uh, financial or tech success stories, who are not married, have no children, and have made a lot of money. That doesn't mean it's a good strategy for everybody to follow. I'd say don't be an idiot. Right. The fact is that contrary to what you might expect, having a family is not an obstacle to making money. It's a huge help to making money. Yeah. And one of the reasons for that is that having children in your life means that you are consciously and subconsciously in your soul attuned yeah. to the future. Right. Most people live in the present. Yeah. Some people have a little bit of a sense of the past. But to be really successful, you've got to be tuned to the future. Right. Um, you know, Jeffrey Bezos, who uh, created Amazon, uh -huh. uh, 
um, gave a speech uh, about two years ago to Amazon uh, employees at which he said something absolutely correct and very wise and very unexpected. He said, I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that the day will come when Amazon will go bankrupt and be out of business. Mm. He said, our job is to postpone that day for as long as we can. Wow. <laughs> in other words, he's looking ahead and he's saying, you know, back in 1970, if anybody would have told you that Sears would be out of business, they would have laughed at you. It was impossible. True. True. There was a big Sears store in every town in America. Well, Sears has gone. True. And when, in order to be successful in business, you've got to be able to see the future. Mm. And children are the best way of training your heart and your mind and your soul to being attuned to the future. Right. And so when you understand that your children are not a cost item on your financial statement, but they're actually an asset, mm. then that already begins to change the whole concept of generational wealth. Right. Because in the same way that you maintain any asset, you own a piece of real estate, you maintain it. You know, you, you hire a maintenance company that looks after it, makes sure it's in good shape. You don't allow it to deteriorate into rack and ruin. That's correct. You know, if you, if you have a car, you look after your car. It's an asset. Yes. Well, when you understand that your children are not just a cost item, but they're actually an asset, it makes a huge difference. Uh. And you start investing in maintenance for your children. Wow. Which means that you don't just send them to a public school and hope for the best. Mm. You look and make sure what are the values that are being taught. You might decide you have to send your children to a private school. You might decide you have to homeschool your children. After all, they may be your biggest asset. Right. And only once you begin to understand how to maintain, how to nurture, how to develop, how to grow, and how to improve the asset of your children, can you even begin to hope about generational wealth? Wow. Wow. So, bas so basically, basically, when we talk about generational wealth, because I think in this um, Instagram era, internet era, a lot of people, like you said, are focused more on the present. And you see a lot of people who don't want to start families talking about generational wealth. Now, it has now become a word. <laughs> and they want it. And they're not doing what is necessary. Right? Exactly. So basically, you're saying we have to make sure that the children are aligned in whichever way possible with what that business or whatever generates that income is. So we have to make sure we get them involved in that. Is that what yes. you're saying? That's exactly what I'm saying. And uh, I'm not saying nobody can make money without children. Right, of course. But George Burns also said, not everybody's going to live long if they smoke two cigars a day. Yes. <laughs> yes. I agree with you on that. Thank you so much, sir. It's been a wonderful Wonderful, wonderful time with you. A pleasure and a privilege. 
And um, look, for those of you who are listening, please like and share this broadcast. Because you might just be saving the life of that one person who has been waiting for a lifetime to hear this message. So here with me again is Rabbi Daniel Lapin. He is a, a man with wisdom. So please go and look for his book. If you are that person who wants those principles we talked about, go and look for his book, Thou Shalt Prosper, The Ten Commandments of Making money so sir where can they where can they find your books well uh, one of the things that uh, they might people i think could benefit from is also an online course at my website called the financial prosperity collection okay and that's 10 hours of instruction from me directly okay and that's at rabbi daniel lappin.com okay so your website is rabbi Daniel Lappin.com. Okay. All right. So for those of you who are watching via YouTube, Facebook, and um, LinkedIn, his website is currently being displayed there for you. Um, for those of you who are listening via podcast, it's also on the um, caption. It's RabbiDanielLappin.com. So go there right now and... Uh, Check it out. See what he has there. And look, invest in knowledge. Invest in knowledge. Invest in yourself. It is not a bad thing to do. I spend so much money every year trying to develop myself. And that's why we bring people like himself to come here and share their wisdom with you. So thank you so much, sir. It's been a pleasure and a privilege having you here. I hope when next we invite you, you will um be willing to come over and speak more wisdom to my audience. Uh, you know that my answer is already yes. I would love to do that again. And uh, I hope you and I have a chance to to meet and extend our friendship since we, we both want nothing but benefit and growth and goodness for our audience, for everybody listening. And uh, I encourage people to take a look at the Financial Prosperity Collection on my website because it could be life-transforming, as Dr. Right. John just said. Awesome. Thank you so much, sir. Have a wonderful day. And remember, keep doing what you do. You know, I know I don't need to remind you, but we love you. We appreciate all you do. And lives are being transformed by your work. Have a wonderful day, sir. God bless you. Thank you. You too. God bless. Till next time. Yes, sir. Bye-bye. Bye. So, ladies and gentlemen, we typically we typically broadcast live at 6 p.m., but today we had to uh, make that uh, we had to make that uh, sacrifice to bring him on board. He's a very busy man, and um, I was lucky to have him come here to um, spend time with us. So, if you have any questions, please feel free to send me a message via DM or you can visit my website, johnugulu.com and send us, you know, send us a message there. So now he talked about some key principles, which sometimes a lot of 
people don't see the importance in those principles when it comes to transitioning from employment to entrepreneurship it is always very important for us not to make hasty decisions always remember that you can have your job going on for you your employment while you start your business as a side hustle always remember that your employment is your first business partner. So don't just quit your job because it will end up frustrating you. You need money to pay your bills. You need money to invest in the business while you're growing the business. So like what Rabbi said, always remember if you are that person who wants to start a business, do not quit your job just like that, all right? So I don't know where you're listening to me from, Please like and share this broadcast because there is definitely somebody out there who needs to hear this message. Like and share this broadcast. I don't know what you know about yourself or what the people around you know about you, but here is what I know for sure about you, that you are an abode of greatness. Think about it and remember, today is the first day of the rest of your life. God bless you, everybody. Have a wonderful, wonderful rest of